Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia! Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody. Um, today, we are going to be drinking some beers from Skeleton Key, uh, a local back to Illinois uh, Woodridge <laughs> brewery. We took a little vacation last time, and we're back. Uh, yeah. It was nice, gonna, but we're glad nice. to be back because, yes. man, Illinois beer never fails us. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> and we are back to parenting-esque topics. Uh, we're going to talk about preventive medical treatments, whether it be an actual procedure, vaccines, medications, different topics relating to our children or personal experiences. Uh, so that's where we're at today. So let's yeah. see. So now let's open up Nine-Tailed, which is an American lager from Skeleton Key. Um, I know we're going to talk about can art on the second can that we're drinking because we just like both had a small (laughs) moment of observation right before we started recording. And I'm going to save that. All I'll say about the Nine-Tailed can is that. So like a Nine-Tailed Fox is like a... I don't know if it's in like fantasy work or if it's like a Dungeons and Dragons type reference, but I've heard this before. I know there's like a Pokemon that is sort of like that because my kids have, you know, so just some little fun facts about my history with nine tailed. (laughs) I can't remember what the Pokemon is called. My kids would immediately know the answer. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So American uh, Lager from Skeleton Key, a collaboration with Foxtail, which is a restaurant. It's a restaurant out of Downers Grove. Yeah. So um, yeah, nine tailed fox i guess nine tailed fox okay so i was gonna say links earlier but you're right yeah fox mythical fox entity origin originating from chinese mythology oh so i mean mythology okay Okay. it doesn't mean that it's not been used i mean honestly anime i would assume that it probably has been in multiple different things um but yeah i don't I don't really know. I think he's searching for something um, is the story that, okay. that it comes out of. But he's got a nice little skull on his head with a little tiny hat. It's kind of adorable. And he's skull got has a hat. I see that now. Oh, has a tiny little hat. He's got beer <laughs> right on. And the other arm says... Oh, I see that, like a tattoo can... on he's his got... arm. Yeah, and he's holding a, like modified pitchfork looks like it looks like some kind of stirring device or something i guess maybe he's maybe he's the brewer here maybe he's making the beer that's a good hypothesis right i like that all right let's go with that anyway so we're gonna drink this and let's talk a little bit about skeleton key so sure skeleton key is a newer brewery they opened up in september 
September 2016. I think the company was technically founded a couple years. The idea uh, came a few years before, but they technically opened their doors in September of 2016. So um, what they say they are is they wanted to be uh, a hub for craft beer enthusiasts. And prior to 2020, um, they would hold like classes about beer brewing. Yeah. Yeah. And so they would have, you know, things for people to learn about beer and all that kind of stuff in kind of their their tap room event space classroom, um, you know, area there that we've played, I think, board games in and had a, a drink one time. Sure, but they also yeah. have classes there um, yeah. or did. So that's, you know, one of the ways that they really are trying to be a hub for, you know, craft beer, just growth and whatnot. Well, so, and I've actually, I follow a small board game store in Downers Ground, oh. Grove called Fair Game. Um, and they have a location in LaGrange as well. And they hold events there. They, well, they did oh, hold events did, at Skeleton yeah. Key every now and then oh, where they would cool. like have an introduction to like Dungeons and Dragons and you oh. could come and they would teach you how to play the game. And, oh. and I know they had like an introduction to like knitting class there That's one time. Cool. You that can, I, yeah, I mean, you can heard use about. the space for things. That's crazy. I mean, so <laughs> a skeleton key. I mean, like I, I knew what a skeleton key was before I knew about the brewery, but like the okay. actual definition of a, a skeleton key is one key that opens many different doors. Right. So, so, like that totally goes with what they're trying to kind of do um one That's of the perfect. cool things that they started when they started was what they call their incubator program um okay. they didn't do it for 2020 but um what it is is they essentially hold a contest for home brewers and they oh, pick yeah. one aspiring like home brewer that it's based off of you know i don't know exactly what they base it off of but um and whoever wins gets like three months kind of like hands-on internship on learning really everything to do with brewing commercial like you know marketing everything in like wow. that comes to do with brew you know starting up a commercial brewer <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and at the end of that three months they can produce their own recipe of a beer using skeleton keys equipment to sell at their oh. tap room and other local bars under like this apprentice program. Oh um, God, but they awesome. get to take the name and the recipe with them. So whoever this home brewer is and it's theirs. So the knowledge they've gained, the beer they get to brew, um, <clears throat> all the name, the naming rights all is is this person's holy cow that's awesome so it's a really crazy awesome opportunity for someone that's just brewing out of their basement to wow. be able to use you know their equipment and i'm sure there's other you know stipulations and whatnot but i mean still it's a great experience for someone who's trying to get into the industry and whatnot so I thought That's that awesome. was really, really cool. Um, one of the co-owners, Emily, I think her, her husband and another partner started it. She was a home brewer herself. She was the first recipient of um, Pink Boots Society. Um, it's... Uh, a group that's open to any women who earn income from the beer industry. And they mm -hmm. have scholarships and they have events. They have fundraising. They essentially try and just help and inspire women to, to help them grow within the beer industry. Um, yeah. But she was the first recipient of the Pink Boots Society Scholarship, which partnered with 
North Dakota State University for their barley field school. So essentially it was like, I don't know if it was a three or five day on-site high intensive course about all things barley growing and (laughs) cultivating and all of that stuff. So um, that was kind of cool. So I don't know if she's you know, kind of spearheading some of that. Let's give back to people who are trying to do things too. One of the things, which is interesting about the Pink Boots Society is that if you get a scholarship from them, there is a requirement to pay it forward to other other people. So it's essentially like, we're going to help you. You then have to help somebody else. Um, So that's kind of the understanding of this whole thing is to help each other. So um, yeah, and they're definitely doing that. So it's a very, it's a very cool brewery. If I didn't like them already, some of their initiatives to help everyone else kind of move along and carry each other through um, really also made me interested in them just, you know, as people, as a brewery, as, you know, conscious parts of the community so some cool things about skeleton key if you're in woodridge go go uh check them out um or if you see them at your local bottle shop but we are going to uh drink our american lager here i know really really light lemon yellow color very um you know very mild smell you know just a little you know classic american lager lager. yeah yeah i feel like we say that a lot because we assume that folks um you know know what a beer smells like yeah but um you know a lot of like north american domestic beers probably have a very similar smell to a beer like this the difference between like skeleton key making it and you drinking like a bud light for example Mm. is that you can tell that the ingredients in this beer, you know, were probably fresh and Fresher. a smaller supply yep. of that. And so they had a little bit more hands-on, you know, with how this beer was cultivated and sure. the process that they used to make it. And even though it's a very, a very, what appears to be a very simple beer to make, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get just like such an amazing strong pleasant flavor it's like taking bud light and taking it up to 11 you know For sure. like yeah i that's my experience with stuff like this when with you a get a brewery that makes like an american lager like mm-hmm. light thinking from pollyanna and this oh, beer yeah. um is that you know you go in with the expectation that you're really just going to drink their clone of these yeah, North american domestics yeah. and then you come away and you're a little shocked by the flavor because it's like really flavorful um it is that's you how know, i feel a lot it. of the commercial like the large scale commercial american domestic loggers are just dumbed down i feel like like they just don't have a lot of flavor to them it's almost like it's a watered down version of a lager right Um, and when you get a craft brewery making american lagers you know it's got the same base in terms of like similar tastes you know similar flavors but it's just so much bolder Mm -hmm. and each sip you're getting just significantly more of that taste in it so like you can just tell the quality there is is better in general Mm -hmm. and if you do like the american domestics the flavor i feel like this is just gonna be you're right just dialing it up to 11 like this is just that much better because it's got the flavor profile 
but it's got the freshness and it's got, you know, a more, it's got more bang for your buck in it. You know, like yeah. it's just a bigger, it's just a bigger I flavor. agree. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. I mean, these aren't necessarily my favorites, but there's a time and a place for all of these beers. And like this for an American lager is, is good. Like it's solid. Yeah. It's it like good. I said, it's got, it's got good flavor. Um, I don't know about yours. Mine has almost next to no carbonation for some reason. Um, huh. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if that's just. That's I don't know. Maybe it's my surprising. Can. I don't so. So that. maybe maybe your can was. I don't know. Who knows? Every can can be different. Totally um, so yeah. that's one huh. thing that I think I expected more of, but that could just be an individual thing for me. Um, but the flavors there, it's just not. There's no bubbles. It's a little <laughs> flat. That's yeah, a, it's a little that's flat. That's a bummer. Um, so which I would expect a little bit more of that carbonation, especially just in a basic American lager. But um, the, sure. the flavor profile is there. And, you know, the thing about lagers is it's like you get the flavor up front, you get zero aftertaste to it. Like there's nothing, you know, you get a, a, a drink right. and you sip and then it's just something that you can continuously you, you continuously makes you want to drink it because it doesn't have right. that lingering. That's so it's like you are almost exactly. It's kind of like you're <laughs> constantly wanting to take a sip because you like the flavor and it doesn't necessarily leave some of that lingering taste like some of the other ones, some of the you know more bitter or hoppy or on the other end of the spectrum that have a bunch of adjuncts or you know our stouts, which is a completely different different world. But like right, geez, I feel like you do keep drinking them because to get that flavor, you need to keep drinking it. <laughs> That's just- kind of, kind of a to funny, remind like, yourself over right? and over again like, what i don't know doing. maybe that's just me but that's kind of my with most american lagers i feel like that's a somewhat common characteristic right? of them it's that's like good. just keep drinking me so anyway keep drinking that's gonna be the name of this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> i like it all right so as we sip on our nine-tailed uh our fox friend over here you know that's kind of interesting because it was a collaboration with foxtail and if it's the nine-tailed fox that would be super appropriate if that has anything to do with that naming but i don't yeah. know but anyways yeah. i'm just looking at the can thinking thinking aloud so <laughs> all I right like well let's continue drinking and talk about preventive medical treatments sure. yeah decisions that parents make on yeah. their kids medical treatment. yeah lots I think of that's decisions. a really i think that's a really good description of how we're gonna go about this i think that this is a trippy tricky topic um mm-hmm. and apparently it's hard for me to say uh <laughs> tricky tricky topic <laughs> Say that 10 times. Okay, no, everybody, good. let's everybody be silent for 10 seconds while everyone that's listening says it 10 times. I'm just kidding. All right, we'll go. Tricky um, topics. Tricky All topic. Right. Um, but it really is because, you know, you get a lot of, uh, there's some controversy. There's a little bit of like, how far should we go? Do we intervene in our child's health care? You know, what steps mm-hmm. do we take? You know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about potty training our kids. And, and I talked about, uh, you know, do I need to seek a medical professional to see at what point my child maybe needs some assistance with this area? Um, you know, and you kind of, we dealt, kind of touched the surface a little bit there um, with like, how involved should you be and 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 you know what progress your kid makes and where they go with things like that and um and for me um you know i mean a big part of that conversation is definitely going to be vaccinations yeah um, true. which i know we're yeah, that's a big one talk about and i'm going to start there and say that so when i was a child when i was growing up 
um, just in a very similar way as now, you know, you, as you're growing up and you go for doctor's visits, you get vaccinations. And mm-hmm. I went and got a vaccination. I'm not going to say which one or in, I'll just be very general, but um, I was vaccinated for something when I was very, very young, probably in the like two to three range age. Okay. And, um, and I developed a very high fever and I had seizures um, oh, and wow. it happened after every dose of this vaccine. Um, and so I, I did finish the course of the vaccine, um, but then, um, you know, they wrote it in every, even as an adult, it's still written in my chart oh, that wow. I am huh. allergic to this vaccine. Okay. Um, the, the formula of it has been changed since sure. I was a child. It used to be a different it used to be like a like dead virus and now it's live yep. attenuated virus um okay. which uh i think if i'm remembering correctly and i'm sure i can be i can definitely be corrected <laughs> on this but i think that they found that this this live attenuated is, causes less side effects and things like that which was one okay. reason and still gives you the antibodies same, and yeah. develops immunity and and things gotcha. like that um but I went through a very long period of time where I had to be on anticonvulsants. Wow. Have, yeah. uh, you know, a brain scans and everything to see why I was having seizures and all this stuff. And, um, you know, just like this whole process. Yeah, a lot and of so, side effects. Yeah. You know, it, you can say that you walk away from a situation like that, my mother or myself, and you kind of ask yourself, well, do I continue vaccinating my child when they've had this sort of reaction? And my, my parents elected to continue vaccinating me. Um, I never had a reaction to anything else. Uh, My seizures were found to be like febrile. So I would have a seizure when I would have a high fever. High fever. Um, So it was really more of a correlation versus causation type situation. I think, I think that that, that particular vaccine caused me to have a high fever and and I was in those cases. I have a family history of that as well. So that was part of that. Um, my grandfather had a very similar, uh, medical situation, um so you know i think it was more that and this was just how it became apparent um but my mother elected to continue vaccinating me when i got older and i became pregnant um you know we had a brief conversation about it but um i wasn't really very hesitant about vaccinating my kids Mm -hmm. um I had conversations with the pediatrician with about it you know they're aware of what i've experienced when i was pregnant with my second uh, they were starting to revaccinate people for this thing mm-hmm. that I had the reaction to sure. as a child. It became um, kind of more relevant to start revaccinating people. They didn't know how long immunity had lasted. Mm-hmm. And since most of us, our vaccine Got cycles long for long this ago, ended when right. they were three years old, yeah. you know, when you're 30 something, your yeah. immunity may not, no, may no longer exist. So yeah. Um, uh, they presented me with this and I kind of was like, well, you know, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And my doctor was kind of like, I would probably just not get it yeah. and rely on herd immunity for something that is very widely protected against at this yeah. point. Although hilariously, uh, in my chart, when I left the hospital with my second child, it says that they gave me the shot. Really? But they didn't. I mean, I, <laughs> and I was just like, Ooh. 
I didn't get it. Like I had an IV while I was yeah, in labor, well, yeah, right. but it was but, uh, it was not not the vaccine. Definitely not Your the shot. Keeping is not right. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was very strange. I will also say there's a possibility that I like thought i read that somewhere and was you know mistaken. what after after having a now. child yeah i know like, there's no accounting Anything's for what possible. you're any conversation that was had at that particular time is totally not i'm i cannot be held accountable so yeah no, that totally. being said i've never yeah. hesitated to vaccinate my kids mm-hmm. um i have given them flu shots or gotten them flu shots i don't yeah. give out shots uh i don't need them to hate me <laughs> um they so. don't like getting the flu shot we fight about it every year when i take them to get the flu shot um but we yeah. do it um and they're handling it <laughs> yeah we we actually don't get the flu shots um we we've our kids are vaccinated totally i've okay. never had a bad reaction to a vaccine neither has my husband um mm-hmm. you know jenny mccarthy thinks vaccines cause autism which is complete bullshit um but you know nice. and I, my my son is autistic there really is no nobody knows why kids are you know everyone has theories and speculations as to why they are how they are he yeah, also I has mean, there's yeah there's genetics and there's environment yeah, and there's all these factors and there's yeah. no likely no common denominator to, they no. you're right you know yeah. and unfortunately and I, it's almost yeah. worse that it's a mystery but yeah. but it may just that may just be it it may just be a mystery well, you know? what, it, what i think it really likely is is that autism is way too broad of an umbrella and there are yes. probably a lot of a lot of similar things that have similar symptoms or or you know and results that are all very different causes so some of them are going to be genetics some sure. of them are going to be abnormalities and different brain functions some of them sure. are going to be like there's there's a ton of different things and reasons and they probably should all be separate diagnosis but right. there's not enough research of any sort or money or time or anything to say well there's these 50 different things that are currently all called autism i mean they well, didn't even and, have autism 50 years ago well, so like <laughs> you know if the symptoms are roughly similar for a lot of those things that maybe yeah. are different things you yeah. know co- collecting them and putting them all under this umbrella like you said it yeah. seems convenient it just doesn't make sure. a lot of headway into you know what some people are dealing with you know yeah. or how they're and- supposed to kind of figure mm-hmm. that out and some, I would say the other problem, which has nothing to do with vaccines, but um, the other problem with putting everything under the umbrella is that there are probably some that can be treated and there are some that yeah. are just can't be treated. So, but because they all look the same, they're, they're all handled the same. Um, yeah. But our son has been vaccinated. He, we, he was diagnosed at three years old. Um, he's had vaccines since then. He has had no issues with vaccines. You know, there are definitely people who have immune systems that can't handle things as well. And it Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. autism or anything else. It just has to do with anything that you put into your body will have a negative effect. So if you get a cold, you're going to get it worse than everyone else if you get Mm -hmm. anything. So, you know, some of those people I can understand 
making a different decision than we did. You know, there's like you, different people that (laughs) are highly allergic to a myriad of different things that might be contained in vaccines. And obviously I wouldn't expect people to get those. But for our family, it makes sense for us Mm -hmm. to get all the basic vaccines um, that are out there. Uh, You know, we haven't talked about the COVID vaccine in terms of our children, Um, I do know a lot of special needs kids that live in group homes will actually be in, I believe, the the same category as people who live in nursing homes. So they're going to get it before the general population. And they don't seem to be concerned with that, um, generally speaking. So my son probably is on the bottom you know, who knows? I don't know. He'll get it like next year sometime if it's even, you know, because I, they're yeah, kids. I mean, like they're the I lowest risk kids, people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, my husband had it. So my husband had COVID and we were all living in the same house. I kissed him the day he, he got tested positive. We right. slept in the same bed. My, uh, my eight-year-old who's autistic literally has no regard for drinking out of anyone's cup or water bottle that is just (laughs) sitting out so he literally probably drinks half of my husband's water bottle because he just doesn't care he's like water all right i'm just gonna drink it because it's here and mine's over there so i'm gonna drink this one so guaranteed he was drinking out of the same cup as my husband for days like so he could have had it i have no idea like he also he chews on things still he puts things in his mouth he like right you know so I have no clue, but he's probably not going to get the vaccine for who knows when, but I'm not concerned about him getting it. I think the benefits outweigh the risks when it comes to to this. Um, And with most vaccines, I think the benefits outweigh the risks. So, and even if you do have a negative reaction to something, honestly, you have to look at it like if I got the thing I'm getting vaccinated for, would that outcome be worse than me yeah. having a sight reaction or having something or you're whatever. Right. And, yeah. and, and sometimes Absolutely. it is worse. If you go into anaphylactic shock because you're allergic to it, clearly like that's right. not, you know, that's a horrible thing. But most generally speaking, the normal population getting the vaccine is going to be better than the some side effects that most people would get. So that's yeah. our stance in our household. We don't get the flu shots. My husband he's a paramedic he's around six people constantly he's you know in and out of hospitals and where whatever but um he insists that whenever he gets the flu shot he gets sick so he we just you know we got it for a few years he actually brought it home a couple times and just gave me the shot at home yeah um, because they had them but we just we haven't gotten them in in years and honestly we don't really we don't really knock on wood. We don't really get the flu very much, but you know, it's funny that you say that because now we have gotten the flu shot the last probably five or six years, probably mm-hmm. consistently. Um, and, um, but I know plenty of people like yourself. Um, and I mean, like I, even my parents for a long time, you know, didn't get the flu shot and didn't get sick, uh, you yeah. know, didn't get the flu. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a risk you know. take, though. Like, I yeah. get it. I get the... There's usually... There's really... I mean, maybe he does get sick. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he would have gotten sick anyways. Maybe sure. it's, a, you know, like, who knows? Yeah. So it could be all in your head. Like, so there's no... But it is a risk you take, because, like, if you could choose to get a shot that would stop you from getting sick, I mean, I would think most people logically probably would do that. So, I mean, I, Well, I'm and not, I think that's where we're yeah. at right now. In yeah, our, exactly. In the world that we currently live in, <laughs> yeah. is that it seems like a a lot of people feel that way, you know? And I think, you know, you touched on it already that you would definitely get your kids vaccinated when that time comes. Um, if, and when that time comes, um, and I feel the same way, um, and about myself as well. Yeah, I would Um, too. The only reason my husband didn't get it, his department already got it, the opportunity to, but because he had COVID and he got an antibody test, so he still does have antibodies in his system. That's good. Is why right. he didn't get it um, this first round. But he could have. Um, sure. If he wouldn't have had COVID, he definitely would have gotten it. I have a lot of friends that have already gotten the vaccine because they work in, work in healthcare. I mean, you sure. have family that Same. I'm assuming have. Yeah, I um, have family. I have a, a doctor in my family that got the second shot just last weekend um and i have friends on facebook who work in healthcare that the same deal they're posting their second Mm -hmm. shots here um which is great Mm -hmm. um you know makes my my time come sooner (laughs) uh you know i mean you know we live in illinois so we run into a lot of like <laughs> everything takes longer to get done here than other Literally places everything. it seems yeah <laughs> uh but um you know our time will come and yeah. i'm optimistic and i you know i i did want to ask you this is semi on topic <laughs> because you work for a company that does manufacturing mm-hmm. are you eligible under that umbrella of individuals or not because not I, my business is mm-hmm. we're considered manufacturing because we can't do our jobs from home um so we're con- we are technically considered manufacturing and fall into that little category in illinois that you know yeah we are not manu- we are not manufacturing but we are essential um okay. because we're As part of the supply chain? chain yes okay so we we are essential workers because of that we are yeah. not manufacturing but we have always been considered essential when they were toying around with the idea of like having to have signs in your cars like i'm allowed to be on the road like oh, um, no, right? we had them literally we had placards made because we were like we can't we can't shut down like we literally can't and we actually couldn't because our company supplied a lot of things for hospitals um for ventilators being made for all kinds of places because Mm -hmm. you know i work in for an industrial supply company and we ship all over the world so we are we are we are essential um in that supply chain area so um my husband who works for a liquor store uh (laughs) made a joke the other day that he was he was considered essential back when everybody needed alcohol (laughs) right at the beginning of this but now oddly seems less essential when the vaccine is out right (laughs) i was just like yeah we don't need you anymore we figured it out i I started buying kegs of beer (laughs) we got we got the kegs we're good yeah Yeah, we're fine so but he because and even him in particular when they talk about like grocery store employees Mm -hmm. because he's actually a customer service manager um i think he might kind of get kind of fit in in that category um but you know i mean in the scheme of things, we're both 
in that age range and the healthy, you know, relatively young, um, you know, we can stand to wait a while. It's not a big deal. I'd really like to just see some of my older relatives um, kind of get their chance at the vaccine mostly because you know like like my parents for example mm-hmm. i know that it would just give them so much peace of mind to see yeah. my kids yeah. you know i mean we have yeah. seen them um and we have had the kids spend a little bit of time with them here and there and things like that but to just kind of take away some of that anxiety you know Definitely. would just be a huge relief um for them and even for my kids i mean you know they worry about it too yeah no for sure like my parents my dad Actually, my dad just goes flies by the seat of his pants. He doesn't care about much. <laughs> He's of a anything. leaf on the wind. <laughs> yeah, like when we were literally in shutdown, my he like insisted on coming to our house, yeah. and I'm like, you, Dude. you're <laughs> 68 years old, oh, like man. you've have a myriad of health issues like why why but like also at that point I'm, you can't stop him from doing what he wants to do so well you know, and we if- could spend <laughs> oh, an God. hour talking about how <laughs> when you look at things from your parents perspective and mm-hmm. you think about you know where they're at in their lives and what's important to them and yeah. they're gonna make a choice and you yep. can you can voice your opinion but you know they're gonna make the choice and yeah. you yeah. get you can respect that i mean no, I, I it's hard it. for me to argue against my parents wanting to see my kids when exactly. it's been 10 months like yeah. what are, you know yeah it's, it is do. and like so my father takes on a lot of a, a lot of um responsibility on himself to help with my oldest um who mm-hmm goes to therapy five days a week and Mm -hmm. on top of school and on top of other things so he takes him typically he takes him to therapy um he picks him up off the bus from school he takes him he sits in his car and does crossword puzzles for two hours Mm -hmm. and then he brings him home and he that's like that's his job like he doesn't work he's been retired but this is like his job he's like this is what i do so for a while we were like no you can't like we will handle it me or my <laughs> husband will up. pick him and then one day he's just like nope i'll be there tomorrow and me and my husband are like well, what do you what do you do like you know no like so we just yeah. kind of started just letting him <laughs> do his thing and um my mom is more uh scared just honestly, um, which is understandable. She had open heart surgery a year ago, um, major, you know, major health issues in the past. And so she's still, you know, she's still, she's just anxious. She's very, you know, concerned, which I I get, but it's just funny because my dad will just be like, I'm going to the bar to meet up with my friends on a Wednesday and he comes home. And my mom the other day was like, (laughs) well, I don't know if you see, we got together with my girlfriend and her, um, her sister-in-law. Okay. And we see my friend somewhat frequently. She's also, she's also had COVID. She's also a firefighter. So (laughs) she's not going to carry it. uh, Just like my husband's not going to carry it. Um, So we do see them somewhat frequently, but I haven't seen her sister-in-law and my mom was like, well, well, you're going to see her. And I was like, yes, I am going to see her, but also my friend sees this person regularly. So like Mm -hmm. if she's going to be around them and she's around us, this is just cutting out the middleman at this point. But then my mom like wore a mask around us for a few days and like, which is fine. But then I'm like, absolutely. absolutely. But my father's going to the bar on Wednesday and coming home. (laughs) He is hardcore, man. I'm like, 
he meets well it's like he meets with his guy friends from like his old job which he retired from like i don't know 18 years ago or something like that 19 years ago now like every wednesday and they're a bunch of old guys and this is just what they do like this is the only social thing that they do (laughs) and so for a while they stopped for months and months and months and then one day my dad's like i wonder if that place is still open and he called and they're like oh yeah yeah we're we're open you can come come in in. and so they started back up again which i think that's that's kind of where a lot of the world is though now it's like we've been shut down for so long that people are so wanting to get back to normal which is great but it's also like don't jump the gun we're just starting to get vaccines like i think right. all the vaccine talk like, is let our guard down too yeah much. I like think i respect everyone... letting people make choices but i also know that like if i am going to make a choice i need to remember what that choice was six months ago mm-hmm. and make sure that i'm not going too far to the extreme with the Just new choice because, you know yeah. what i mean like yeah like yeah, it's it... perfectly <laughs> i i i feel like it can be very reasonable to see some people. And I think that you can, you know, mitigate your risk and things like that. As long as you kind of like weigh all of the things that yeah, are and in there's front of safe you ways to get together and do things. And then there's, there's not, and I, like I said, you know, I, I would get the vaccine. I think a lot of people are getting it, which is great. But I also think that so much talk about it might have people a little bit, um, inflated in their thinking that things are all going to just be okay everything's fine now so i don't well and you you mentioned like quarantine fatigue which is basically what you were talking about is that people have kind of had enough and they're Mm -hmm. sort of just like you know what man i need to go out and have a drink with my friends and 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 that's all it's a matter of perspective i think i think that for me and this kind of will bring this back in to kind of more toward our topic a little bit Mm -hmm. for me when I think about activities like that, I think about, well, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't live by myself. Yeah, it's um, everyone else. I have my husband. I have my kids. You know, the on the moments where I've been connected in some way to somebody that has gotten COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've really thought about, okay, when did I see this person? And oh, how for long sure. ago was that? And yeah. how am I feeling? And am I taking my temperature because I'm freaking yeah. out or oh, whatever? That's fair. Yeah. And I think about how it's not that I may get sick, it's that I may get my family sick. Mm-hmm. And I know for the most part, you know, children are either not really getting that sick or are not getting symptoms at all. But that's not my choice. It's not up to me. And I I take that attitude with my kids in a lot of ways. I mean, like I try not not to make too many decisions on their behalf that I don't absolutely have to make. They should get to decide, you know, stupid little things like what sports team they want to cheer for. They should get to decide that, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even pierce my daughter's ears until she was old enough to make that decision. Like, and I know that's dumb. A lot of people are like, they're a baby. I'm going to do it now. But like, we waited, she got made the decision. And when she was comfortable saying she could take care of them and do it, that's when we did it. Like no need to do it when she's a baby. Like, again, that's just a silly little example, but I would agree. Like a lot of things, I would leave up to them. Obviously, they when they're babies and in terms of vaccines and different some some procedures, they don't get the choice. So it is our choice because we know more about what's best. Right. Well, and that kind of brings me around to talking a bit more about like preventative medical treatment versus like actual vaccinations, Mm -hmm. you know, and like my older son, when he was born, 
um, he had jaundice and we had to end up going back to the hospital a few days after he was released, um, for him to sit like under the lamp, Mm -hmm. um, and get a little bit of, you know, exposure so that his levels could normalize and he could, you know, kind of go back to normal. And, um, and in that case, you know, it really, at that time, and even in retrospect, it really wasn't that we were choosing whether or not to treat him. It was really just like, well, this is the right move. I mean, I don't yeah. need my son to have liver failure. Yeah, this like, is the right decision uh, <laughs> for this. But yeah. there were other occasions, you know, his uh, issues kind of stemmed from him having torticollis, which is where your your neck is kind of wrenched in a, in a position um, and you get like a flat spot on the back of your head babies a lot of babies a get lot of flat babies spots get, yeah. on their heads um, but because he was kind of turned to the side his mm-hmm. flat spot was on more of the side of his head oh, rather than okay. flat on the back most kids the back of your head rounds back out because your neck muscles are so strong you know sure. eventually yeah and that when pulls you grow, your kind of yeah. pulls that area closed and and rounds it out um but for him because it was on his side there was a possibility that wouldn't happen without um some intervention and we went to one of we went to see a doctor who does like um who does like neuro like neuro cranial surgery and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and so he wasn't like what i used to call the helmet factory which is where you go to like a place (laughs) where it's basically just like a consultant and they just like measure your head and they put the helmet on you Mm -hmm. and we didn't want to go there because we knew what was going to happen yeah they're just going to tell you you need a helmet yeah with a helmet and so we took him to this guy through lurie children's hospital and um he takes a look at him. He looks at this, you know, we do this crazy scan on a baby. Have you ever had to have a baby hold still for like a minute? Yeah, it's not possible. It's impossible, <laughs> by the way. We had to do yeah. it like 14 times. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not reasonable. Um, so we finally get his head. He finally holds still long enough for this dang scan. And uh, yeah. he looks at it and he's just like, you know, this is like the least severe case of this I have seen in a really long time. He is like oh. right on the edge of being perfectly fine. And he was just like, we did physical therapy, which mm-hmm. seemed like a great preventative medical treatment. Yeah. He did physical therapy for like twice a week for like three or four months. And mm-hmm. then once a week for another three months or something like that. And by the time he was a year old, it yeah, was like was nothing fine. had happened. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like a really easy call to like go the extra mile with him, take care of this. His pediatrician was like, I just don't want you to come to me when he's 10 years old and, and be, be like, like, why is his head so flat? flat? Yeah. <laughs> Because at that and point, there'll be nothing point, we can do. do I get their position that they have to suggest anything to do. Yes. Frankly, they're like, I don't want to be held responsible. So I get that. But then, you know, you do. It's also why they're specialists like that. That you exactly. They all right in this specific case. And honestly, like we asked my son's neurologist about a couple of things. We're like, well, what would you do? Like if this were your kid, what would you right. do? Right. Yeah. You know, and that's um you know kind of my my position because like I'm not the expert but you are so if you were in this position what would you suggest for my kid and I'm probably gonna pretty much follow or at least take highly into consideration whatever that is yeah (laughs) so yeah we um you know knock on wood we've been lucky with in terms of actual medical procedures with our kids we haven't had 
much you know diagnostic more like my oldest had tubes in his ears because sure he had a million ear infections and but otherwise like the twins haven't really had anything luckily yeah. um not in terms of medical now in terms of developmental they have like um obviously my oldest is autistic and so he's had a ton a myriad of different therapies throughout his life he started with ot and pt and dt developmental therapy and speech and aba so he's done like he's done aqua therapy he's done like he's done a million different things um he graduated out i guess of physical therapy but um because you know running and different things like coordination and uh core control was core strength i should say was hard for him but now dude like can perch on the side of like a, a banister like a bird and not even like think twice. <laughs> my the oldest does that balance we of call like it, yeah we call like it perching we call right? it, are you sitting on your perch yeah i'll like walk in one day and i'm like way. what are you doing like which is fine but whatever and he can he will never be a sprinter but he can you know run around the, the backyard and he'll sure. be fine so all of that stuff but my youngest or well technically he is my youngest because he was a minute younger than his sister but uh, <laughs> my boy twin um you know he was right on the cusp of needing speech help when okay. he was younger and we put him in it because we were like what's the harm in getting additional help if you no, can yeah. and that's kind sure. of my philosophy on most things is if I can do anything that will help you in the future whether it not get sick whether it be easier for you to learn whether it be easier for whatever I'm pretty much on the side of if there's no negative or very few negative mm -hmm. repercussions mm -hmm. to this like I'm, I'm gonna do it it's gonna take some extra time or effort or whatever on our our side but i'm gonna do it and he probably didn't really need speech um i mean you've you've heard him talk like i don't know i don't think he really yuck did it, yuck it, yuck it. Dude, <laughs> we did this um the field museum today had this dino or dinot thing i saw it that was like a <laughs> webinar and of course my son's did it attended and it. <laughs> it's supposed to be for second to seventh graders and uh -huh. they show you different like they talk about dinosaurs and other things and prehistoric animals and they'll show you a picture of something and it'll be like is this a dinosaur or is this not a dinosaur and so like a pterodon is uh, a pteranodon is not a dinosaur because right. it's a whatever and then there's this uh Dimetrodon is not a dinosaur and the Quetzalcoatlus is not a dinosaur but literally my kid got every single one of them right oh every God, that's awesome. single one and he <laughs> like and he says the words I'm like all right you really never needed speech like you really uh, didn't right. you could say like Quetzalcoatlus at six like you definitely right. didn't didn't need help but hey it didn't hurt you either I so. was gonna say but see in that case in that situation you know and the same like for us with the helmet and the physical therapy like like maybe you know maybe he would have benefited from the helmet maybe if we had done it it would be it would have avoided some physical therapy but like in our minds it was like well, why don't we do this physical therapy and even at the time mm -hmm. the doctor was like do the physical therapy for three months come back we'll do this impossible baby scan again yeah, right. and <laughs> and if, and if it hasn't helped then we can reevaluate yeah, there's yep. some improvement or it, it's not gotten worse uh -huh. we'll just we'll do what we've been doing for a little bit longer and you'll yeah. be done and that had happened and so like basically he was sort of like we're in a position where you have about a three-month window uh -huh. before it's going to start to 
seem almost like, oh, it's starting to get too late. We need to, sure. we need to act. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so let's take these three months and do yep. physical therapy and then come back. And if there's improvement, then we know we did the right thing and everything's fine. You just keep doing yep. this. And if there yep. isn't, it's not too late, we yeah. put the helmet on him. Like yeah. that was, that's what needs sure. to happen. That's what we'll do. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't mean that there's a right or a wrong answer. There could be two right answers that would come to the same outcome and they're just different paths. So even if you would have done the helmet, I know lots of kids who have gotten the helmets and he might've been fine too. And then, you know, so either way it's really, sometimes it's hard to decide, but there could be two of the same kind of right answers. And it's really up to us to decide which path to take, but at least you take one. I think that the point is that you do something. You don't just ignore it and do nothing. Um, But I've also been in the situation where there's parents that ignore it and do nothing. So, you know, that's not the the route that either of us would take, nor do I think that that's the route that parents should take. I think they should try and do something, but you know, there's, there's going to be different, differing opinions on what is the right thing to do. Um, so, and that's, that's going to be for everything forever, but I definitely think that as parents, it's pretty much our job to set them up for success and in physical and everything else, but that's like part of it. Like, you know, I don't want my kids to get things that were childhood diseases that were eradicated when I was a kid that are coming back now. Like nobody wants that. Like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, setting your kids up for success means keeping them safe from disease. And and Mm -hmm. it means, oh, my kid's really flexible. Maybe he'd be good at gymnastics or yoga or he runs really fast. Maybe he would be good at soccer. Like, you know, and you, you may guide your child a certain direction in all walks and, and, and allow them to kind of pick up the reins from there um, and, and discover what they're happy with, what they like, what, what they enjoy doing, how they enjoy feeling, you know? Um, I will say, you know, you said that like, other than your boy twin having um, some speech therapy, you know, the twins haven't really had anything. And the same would be true of my youngest. He, only had um he broke his arm uh <laughs> when he was really little yeah. and he was spinning around on a chair and i remember and he broke the <laughs> yes. arm and we we <laughs> waited an entire day to take him to immediate care my high point as a mother um we all have them. always my yeah. favorite moment to remember um uh-huh. and i was so we we take him to immediate care they do the x-rays arms broken uh a couple days later we had to take him for a real cast because they Mm -hmm. put him in a splint it was over the weekend so you know they put him in a splint they're like okay we're gonna make an appointment for you for monday Mm -hmm. take him to the doctor they'll put a cast on him and they'll relook at the x-rays and stuff and make sure we didn't miss anything you know because he's a specialist and i'm like okay cool monday rolls around we take him put the cast on you know, now a few weeks goes by and I get the bill for all of this. <laughs> and it was crazy. I mean, oh, not really, but it was but, considered yeah. like an outpatient surgery to put oh, this geez. cast on. Oh my God. So it was like $500. Yeah. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and so like, I call the insurance company and I'm yeah. just like, I just want to know am I going to pay $500 for them to take the cast off? Right. Like if that, so, I'm just going to get a Sawzall and like, I think there's a right? YouTube video I yeah, can watch I can totally to accomplish this goal. And I literally watched a YouTube video of a guy taking his own cast off his arm. <laughs> and I said to myself, 
<laughs> Am I making the right decision on behalf of my child? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And I was like, no. Yeah, we're gonna go to that. A lot to the of doctor. money, but we will go back to the doctor because they were gonna X-ray him again. It's not yeah, like that was all they were gonna do. Right. So but I, I get like, it. If it were my arm, I would have just been like, "Hey, honey, bucks? like, let's just yeah. cut this thing Can off. Can you just get this off of yeah, me? Great. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> now but, uh, again, if it were me, if it were but, my arm, I would have made a different decision exactly. potentially. Well, and <laughs> traditionally, my younger child is the one that does not like feel pain. Yeah. So I have no idea if he's even healed. Like yeah, four right, weeks later, true. what if it's, it's what if fine. it's still yeah, it's like still broken, broken no and he's just not feeling any pain because he doesn't feel pain because yeah. he's unbreakable. Right. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and I take him back and they do the X-ray and they're just like, oh dang, this is still pretty broken. <laughs> right. Then you're like, oh crap, I took the cast off. No. Did you take the cast that. off? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oops. But the hilarious <laughs> thing about taking the cast off is that like two days before we went i was like helping him change out of his pajamas and it like slid most of the way off his hand <laughs> and he was just like oh my gosh and he like slides it back down and i'm like dude it was coming off yeah. let's just take it, off. it and off and he was just like no that's crazy oh. i can't have and so like when we went to so the actual yeah. i said to him i was like if it if they can't slide it off they have to cut it off of you and he was just like oh oh man and i was like i'm just saying if you let the nurse try and slide it off they don't have to cut it off off. that might be kind of scary and he was just like okay and so we got in there and the nurse was like looking at me and she was just like do you want to try to slide his cast off before we try and cut it off and i go no but you can try to slide his cast off. <laughs> that would be fine. And yeah. Abraham, oops, uh, <laughs> he was just like my little brave soldier. He was yeah. just like, uh, yeah, she can try. And he held his <laughs> arm out for this lady, total stranger. Yeah. And she just like yeah, slides it, it right off. It was like, it was nothing like taking happened. a sock off. It was nothing. It just like slid <laughs> off. I watched and that YouTube video for nothing. <laughs> I watched the YouTube video about cutting a cast off, <laughs> which I, I admit was an ethical gray area as a parent. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't I think, do it, you guys. You Everybody's fine. The right decision. All right, let's talk about this uh, this can art over here for this uh, crazy robot armed, or I guess yes, robot armed murder professor murder is what it is. All Citra IPA. IPA. So this dude, yeah, there's a like, lot going on here. So he looks like he's like a robot like cowboy from the future he's got like a name tag that says murder he's murder. got some arrows stuck got a number in him five on his helmet is that what that says yeah i don't know what else which makes there. me think that he's like a race car driver or something yeah, that he's right got a and he's got cowboy boots on with spurs and he's got like a couple of like swords stuck, stuck in, in him, him. Yeah, and then so like, yeah, one but robot arm is like holding a coffee mug that's got like an angry face on it. And yeah, but his, his like robot arm's cut off. If that's a robot arm, but is it a robot arm or is it just like a weird? I don't know what that's supposed to be because it's a hand. So I don't, I don't, I'm confused. I don't really know what's going on here. It's like There's he's a, a Terminator, you know, where he's got like yeah, human oh, skin, he's like cyborg type, covering thing. his okay, robot parts. Maybe a, a some sort of professor made this guy to be a a, a murderer 
for hire. I don't know. I'm just making that's stuff up at this point. So interesting. <laughs> anyway, like theory though, that's good. So here we are with Professor Murder from yes. Skeleton Key, and this is going to be. <laughs> we're gonna. So we're gonna drink this. an IPA, an all Citra IPA. So all I can almost IPA. tell you what this tastes like before I open it. But Pretty let's much, do yeah. it. Let's try. <laughs> I've never had Professor Murder before. I actually haven't either. So this is new to both of us. All right. Whew. I poured it fast. <laughs> Not a lot in there. Yeah. Nice this... fluffy head. Yes, like this, a word this... that I enjoy using. It is fluffy. I like it. It's mm. uh... it smells, smells citrusy. Yeah, I was going to say. It's got the citrusy smell. Um you know, almost like a, like a double or like a New England. Is this a New England? Yeah, but it's, an, it's an IPA. It doesn't say. I don't know. Read your can. Mine doesn't say. <laughs> hmm. All right. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. Huh. I guess I could look it up, and it doesn't really taste like a New England IPA. No, it's just a regular IPA. It's just a little. I, I got I get some citrus to it. Yeah. It's got, it's got uh oh almost knocked over the other can uh, <laughs> don't want to do that all right it's got it i mean it's it's an ipa it's definitely maybe it's on the little bit hoppier side of a regular ipa but it's got some citrus i almost taste like i, a I guess it's just the maybe? citra yeah, yeah. yeah oh that's good yeah pineapple yeah. that's what i'm getting here is that it's a little bit citrusy but not not it's kind of almost bridging the gap here a little bit, but yeah. I, you know, I would guess that it's because we drink a lot of IPAs um, that have more than one hop varietal in them. True, so, that's very true, and this is yeah. all Citra, so this is a yeah, single so wonder, hop. Yeah, maybe that's that's maybe part why of I'm it. I'm leaning toward what is probably a hop varietal in some New England IPAs, mm, and I just fair, because fair. it's Citra. Mm-hmm. and citra has that aroma and has that mm-hmm. flavor it's that similarities it, it to the any yeah. ipa in, in some of them yeah no this is this is good though i actually i i think i like the all citra it gives a little bit more it's just a little bit different than some of the regular ipas that i've had maybe because it has that you know all that citra those citra hops to it so it's a, it's a little different than some of the ipas i've had yeah you know uh lagunitas makes an ipa uh i don't know if they still make it, it was it's called citrusinesis oh, it's like the most I've impossible word to say yeah. on a bottle if you see it <laughs> you'll know uh, because, it's like yeah. citrusinesis like it just keeps going and oh, going and going it seems like it's like citrusinensis I my husband that. said right. that you have to think of Gary Sinise while you say it and that that <laughs> helps you say it because it's citrusinesis. That's how you okay. citrusinesis. All right. <laughs> Sorry, we got off track a tiny bit. All right, bit. anyways. So it is an all, is I, I believe all, it is an also all an, citra. an all citra okay. IPA and I remember okay. very much enjoying it. Um, hmm. so, I, mean, I have maybe, not had this, so if I ever yeah. see it, I will first of all know based off of the name. Citrus. Yeah. you'll know <laughs> yes i will definitely know that but no but, this uh, is good this is really good i yeah. you know the aroma on this beer is really enjoyable for mm-hmm. me um you know we always talk about that how the smell uh, really guides it, us yeah. for flavor mm-hmm. and this one is no different from Agreed. others that we've enjoyed mm-hmm. but yeah reason. no definitely um, 
definitely this is great this is good I good like job it. skeleton key i know we uh you know didn't drink a milkshake or a stout no, or uh, are- you know but these two are great representations of how much care and thought that skeleton key gives to their beer mm-hmm. um they have a really nice tap list um, that's often filled with flagship beers that you can get regularly yeah. um they make a lot of like golden ales and and you know and stuff like that they always have a good ipa on the menu um i just you know they have a they're it's a great place i love skeleton key yeah. i'm glad it's really close to where i live um and they just they're putting out good stuff all the time yeah i agree everything i've had from them has been has been you know pretty solid um you know i think they've got they've got a variety of stuff out right now they even got a they even have a berliner weiss out right now that i have never had before yeah i was intrigued when i saw that um but yeah they're they're really good at at the pale ales the ipas at you know those things they've always been they're just very they're just very tasty like they're clean they're fresh they're crisp um they're you know they're they're definitely an enjoy enjoyable beers and they're I feel like a lot of their beers I can drink um you know they're not too heavy they have a lot of flavor but they're not mm-hmm. too heavy that they're going to sit in your stomach and be like oh I shouldn't have done that so yeah. um I think they're a good combination of things and they're they're doing a great job and definitely i think they're uh you know they've only been around for a few years now but i think that they've done a great job with with everything that i've tried from them so fantastic good job skeleton key um yeah you know and we we definitely have been liking a lot of the beers that we are uh that we've been drinking lately and that's not necessarily by design a lot of these i've never had they just happen to be from some really solid breweries that yeah i've been putting out some good stuff and uh you know i mean on that note, like what I will say about the beers we had from Skeleton Key is that so Professor Murder is a great IPA and I really like it. Mm-hmm. Would I buy it all the time? I mean, I don't know. Probably not. There's so many no. IPAs out yeah. there. Um, it's good. I enjoy it. I would definitely order it at Skeleton Key if I yep. was sitting at the bar. Um, so, you know, not to take a negative <laughs> turn, but you know, there's a gajillion IPAs out there, there and are. there's a, and almost as many are have Citra hops in them. And, um, I really like this one. I think it's good, but there are so many options out there. You know, I, I don't know how many times I would pick this can up off the shelf if I found, you know, if I stumbled yeah. across it and bought it. Um, sure. but I, like I said, if you were at Skeleton Key and you saw it on the menu, I would definitely drink it. I think that the thing about Nine-Tailed is that there aren't a ton of craft breweries putting out American lagers. Yeah. So uh, in on that note, I think that Skeleton Key, you know, has really given themselves an opportunity to set themselves apart by making something that seems relatively commonplace but just doing such a great job at it that they're doing able to yeah. yeah that they're able to yeah. make it available to you to drink and enjoy you know and and feel like you're not just drinking this north american domestic yeah. beer but overpaying for it because it's from a craft brewery you know right yeah no i agree when you're gonna do something that has a comparison or a competitor that's mass-produced um and it's probably cheaper and it's yeah. all of these other things yeah. like you have to do it better 
And that's really what it comes down to. So the craft breweries that are going to put out American lagers have to do it better. And I think that they do in this case, uh, for sure. And is it something that I would necessarily, you know what, honestly, though, most of the beers we drink for if we're looking at it, you know, we've been doing this for almost a year now. And if you look at most of the beers that we've had, would I buy most of them? regularly honestly probably not a handful here and there but sure like there's so many things that I want to try so but if I were out at a bar and I was like oh I see this on the menu I know it's good I would definitely I would definitely order a pint of it so yeah um yeah and and that's that's kind of where I'm at so sure I mean you know I think about stuff what would I put in my keezer you know what would I drink a Mm -hmm. keg of now if I were gonna buy like an American lager, yeah. would I get a keg of nine-tailed? Yeah, yeah. maybe, probably. Yeah. And you know what? It, once you get through, I mean, honestly, so it's January. You know, <laughs> come summer, you're going to necessarily want a different variety of beer in the Keezer because if you're going to be out by the pool, that's a different sure. beer altogether. Yeah. Then, you know, so like, who knows? That could be something that you do drink regularly when when the time is right. So, but sure. Anyways, I'm just saying we don't love all the beers that we drink. We just happen to have been stumbling on some really solid ones lately. And hopefully We've been that, very lucky. that yes. continues <laughs> is the hope. So anyways, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Skeleton Key. It's been, yeah. it's all been fun as always. Yeah. And thanks for joining us, you guys. Uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all. 